This is the Dennis Miller Option, your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller, his Guy Friday Christian Blatt, and superstar producer Lindsay Floyd. And now, it's him, Dennis Miller. Hey, folks. Yeah, you. Um, welcome to the, uh, the Dennis Miller Option. And I think Christian has a whiz-bang guest for us later today, right? Christian? I sure do. We've got uh, comedian Joe Coy joining us. Return guest here on the podcast. Sorry, you fell out there for a second. It was like an Emerson, Lake, and Palmer song or something. I heard, um, <laughs> Joe Coy, if you didn't hear Christian. Um, yes. Lovely guy. And uh, I still feel embarrassed when I met him on Spade's show. And he made me laugh so hard, I had no idea who he was, because I'm sort of out of loop. And I said to him at the end, I said, God, you're funny, man. You you got big things coming your way. I'm going to keep an eye on you. I got home, and he holds every um, <laughs> ticket sale record in the world. Maybe, maybe, maybe Sebastian, I guess, uh, is the biggest seller right now. With uh, Maniscalco, I think, sold four nights out at the... Madison Square Garden for around eighty thousand, but uh, correct, yes. As you look at some of Coy's, uh, I, I think I've got some notes here that Christian sent me, uh, and it's absolutely amazing. Um, let's see, uh, Hawaii, where he did his last special, which is uh, really funny, and he's got a new one. And uh, the Michael Jackson story, we'll try to get him to tell. God, that made me laugh. Um, best and worst day of his life, the first day he did Michael Jackson for his mom. <laughs> and he'll extrapolate on that. But let's see, some of his ticket records. Um, he sold the most tickets sold by a single artist, 23,000 tickets, 11 sold-out shows at the Neil S. Bladesdell concert hall in honolulu i think i worked there with o'reilly once and we might have i think maybe i don't even know if we did two shows why uber liberal so you know o'reilly and i coming there not exactly uh you know donna butterworth kinagana means i love you sort of a beach fest for us donna butterworth was a little girl i think in hawaiian paradise style who uh, sings with Elvis. And uh, by the way, I watched Blue Hawaii the other night, and God bless Elvis for uh, just making money. Because, uh, boy, that movie's... Uh, some of the stuff's mortifying, and yet you, you, I enjoy watching them so immensely. But uh, he jumps up at a cocktail party being thrown by his mother, Angela Lansbury, who, by the way, went through a period there where she was Lawrence Harvey's mom in Manchurian Canada, Elvis Presley's mom in uh, uh, Blue Hawaii, and I think she was in her late teens at that time. So somehow she had uh, cornered the dowdy market, and I don't mean Drew, uh, very early in her life. But uh, 11 straight shows at the Bladesdale Concert Hall, and uh, they proclaimed November 24th as Joe Coy Day, JK Day, I guess. Uh, I think November... 22nd or 23rd in perpetuity's JFK day. But uh, they got rid of the F because he got straight A's on this one. When was Jack Kennedy shot, Christian? November 24th, Joe Coy day. Uh, November 22nd, 1963. Well, we took a day off and they lost the F. And um, 
You also uh, he continued to uh, do six straight sellout shows at the Warfield in uh, San Francisco. Uh, I don't know this venue, the Club Regent Event Center in Winnipeg's four sold-out shows. I wonder how big that place is. Uh, I remember I played Winnipeg once, and I stayed in a uh, this wild hotel. It was made out like a castle. It was like the Beowulf Arms or something. And uh, <laughs> 3 o'clock each day. It was like the place with the ducks somewhere in Texas or down south where the ducks come through. They would have the uh, surf. Uh, I don't mean like, uh, you know, Kelly Slater. I mean the surfs would march through the castle lobby in uh, March Mountain. <laughs> uh, and then he had five sold-out shows at the San Diego Civic Theater. Uh, and sold 30 shows at the Brea. I, I'm sorry, I'm fascinated by this. Uh, the last time I went out, as I said, I I sold around 800 seats. I was practicing social distancing in the crowd before it became mandatory. We didn't even know it existed. <laughs> I just noticed there were four or five seats in between people, and I said, something's coming this way. And Anybody want to move buy... closer to the stage? No, no, yeah. we're good. We're good. <laughs> I was going to go daddy half empty, and I should have. Because I could have had that uh, that domain name, but um, <laughs> I didn't. Well, well, Lindsay, you don't have the corona, do you? Oh nope, not yet. I think I'm in the clear. But no, I'm I'm saying you, you, the other day you had a little bit of a cough, and how how do you feel? You know, people say you can have it, and not even know it. Uh, then other people you die for. You know, that's the weird thing about it. A lot of, by the way, Kurt Schlichter wrote a Christian. Can't you get him on? No, okay. uh, Kurt will be on our show Tuesday. <laughs> beautiful. Um, but uh, he wrote a brilliant article today about masks. And, you know, Schlichter can be as funny as he wants to be at any given moment. <laughs> and this one is, uh, it's more of a pragmatic screed about masks. And it just makes so much sense about, well, read it. Kurt Schlichter, where did I read it? A town hall, but it's a VIP column. You have to join this VIP thing, but it's worth it for, uh, oh no, DeGrom, I just got a text, is getting an MRI on his back today? Yeah, he pitched an inning and uh, his back hurt, so uh, they uh, took him out. You know, a simulated game, obviously, but uh, that oh uh, one God. inning was not uh, did not sit well with him. Sandy Koufax must be turning over <laughs> in his BMW. I can't believe the innings that Ferguson Jenkins and Sandy Ko Sandy Koufax had like a wing that was unbelievably damaged. He had to go to ice treatments just to, well, just to become one of the five greatest pitchers who ever lived. And he must shake his head when he hears he pitched an inning and he's got a sore back. Oh my God, folks. You know, I have this picture on my wall of Joe DiMaggio shot from the... Uh, the uh, on deck circle, oddly enough, and there are photographers in the background too on the field. As amazing as it seems, photographers were allowed out on the field. Have you ever seen this photo, Christian? I don't know that I've noticed that one. Yeah. Well, it's shot from the third base on deck circle. Joe D, the, the swing's just perfect. I, I look at it for catharsis. It's the same thing I get when I go to Costco. And uh, I know Costco's a little bit more. Bye -bye. But I just like how well lit it is, and I like the little Zamboni that comes through and cleans the floors. 
I like the prices. I like the packaging. Uh, I'm not mad for the, uh, you know, the, as I said, the Luther Campbell dual hot plate spins, you know, where they <laughs> give you little pieces of hummus. Uh, but uh, I, 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 some there's clarity about it, and I find it calming. And uh, like watching Mysterious Island, the movie. But uh, the swing I can look at, and I have to get a counterbalance one for above it, because when Kofax would open up completely, you've seen that picture, right? Just uh, bringing oh, yeah, it absolutely. overhead. Oh, my God. It's just perfect, folks. Absolutely perfect. So uh, let's see. Jacob DeGrom's getting an MRI. Evidently, he uh, got some floss stuck between a couple <laughs> teeth. And it's kind of bugging him, and his tongue yeah. finds it, and he can't stop running it, but he can't get it out either. Well, it's um, unwaxed floss, so that's yeah. really the problem. Mm -hmm. um, the wax floss is too smooth. You know, I always feel like it's some sort of oral pickpocket, or I don't even know it's been in there. Um, very, you know, like Will Smith at the Super Bowl uh, in that movie where they come in and they just... I need to feel a little something in between the teeth, a little grit. So I don't go with the, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't like, you know, I don't want my floss. You know, you open the little floss thing and uh, you hear Chardet's singing Smooth Operator. I, I want some grit to my floss. Have I told you that? Have I told you lately I like unwaxed floss? <laughs> You don't send me dental floss anymore. Oh, what a feeling flossing on the roof of my mouth. Oh, what a feeling. Sorry, I just wanted to sing a little. We'll talk to Joe Coy a little later. Um, what, what happened? What's up in the world? Anything we should know about? Let me go over to my. I've been checking for purposes of the show. Did I interview somebody Christian and uh, say that I believed in uh, climate change? If I did, I I, I messed up. I was just being uh, I, nice to no. a guest, folks. Sometimes when I have a guest on, and you know it's their core issue, um, like the German cat um, who sang for rap Klaus, or whatever Klaus it was Mina. <laughs> for the Scorpion. Oh, Scorpion. I knew it was something that scared me. Um, uh, <laughs> the Pelosi's. He's, he's in the Pelosi's. But um, <laughs> he must have said something about climate change, and I didn't uh, jump him. Huh. Uh, but, folks, I, I'm, I didn't I'm, catch I, it if he did. Yeah, because I see a couple comments saying, climate change? Really, Dennis? Come on. And I thought, geez, I hope I didn't uh, endorse it. Because, you, you know, I don't, even, I don't even think they believe in it anymore, right? Um, they believe in uh, the protests and uh, the COVID right now. So climate change has kind of fallen off the, uh, as I've often said, uh, they, they say that intense heat kill, you know, they tell you to wash your hands. Are you doing 20 seconds, by the way? Am I derelict there? I squirt a little um, disinfectant on it. I forget what it's called. It, it's not like the hand wash. It's some soap. And then um, turn the water on. And the, my water's not instantaneously hot, so I wet my hands a little and it's cold. And then uh, maybe 10 seconds, 
and then I put it under and it's hot now. And uh, are you doing a full 20 second thing or do you not even wash your hands, Christian? Yeah, I just uh, tend to wipe them on the uh, bib that I wear at all times for the mm. purpose of just getting stuff off my hands. I, I mean, <laughs> what, what what's going to actually come out of me washing my hands? You know what I'm saying? Parenting two small children does lead you to no. just get a little more. That's fine. No. <laughs> a little, little more at ease with <laughs> you can't be a pristine vessel. I know it's supposed to work the other way where you think, well, if they had kids, they'd completely no. anesthetize everything. But you just kind of get used I, to it. You're, you're, you're not the boy yeah. in the bubble. You just kind of. I ask my to... kids if they think I should wash my hands, and they always say no. And I'm like, great. That's why we get along. <laughs> so, anyway, um, the cases are going up, I see here. And uh, well, pretty soon everybody will have had it, right? I think the death count's going down. I think I did some math the other day, Christian, at the top of a site called Smart News, which uh, I, I think they posited themselves originally. I, I started reading it because they said news from both sides. Don't don't go there for that. It's the same thing, folks. It's just all the liberal perspective. But that's fine. I, I can, 66-year-old man, I can pick and choose for myself, and there's some good sports articles on there. But uh, at the top of Smart News... And uh, maybe I should pull it up. If you have a computer, Christian, pull it up. Because for me to type would take my attention away here. And uh, I have to keep talking and just minimal. Well, listen, I have cloven hoofs, so it's not minimal. It's like, uh, you know, a uh, hooved creature trying to type. But uh, they have like the number of cases and then the number of deaths. And it's green and blue or pink boxes at the top. Now, I divided the number of deaths by the number of reported cases or diagnosed cases, and I it got down to 0. .040. And I think at one point they were worried about, at least in this country, weren't they saying a 4 to 5% chance of a... If it's down I, to... I, yeah, I definitely remember hearing, yeah, 4 to 5 at one point. I don't even know how long ago that was, but sure. And uh, when I... have. Were you able to get that site up, Smart News? And do they have the boxes at the top? Yeah, I'm at, I'm trying to sort through their uh, color-coded arrangement right now. Because <laughs> it's uh, there's a well, lot of Well, the short of it is, but on their main page, they have uh, these two boxes. And all I did was take my uh, calculator. Although I probably could have... Eh, I wanted to get it right, so I didn't want to do it in my head. But um, Plus, I'm a little foggy. I think uh, Ambien has robbed me of some of my Rain Man qualities with numbers. But uh, it was 0 0.40, and I don't quite know what flu is, but uh, um, it's definitely going down, and these cases go up. I don't hear a lot of deaths, but they do throw in the odd case that scares the living hell out of you and renders all the other statistics uh, like... Uh, somebody who had just been pronounced the world's fittest man. It's like that old Dick Cavett story. We had a guy on who had written a book called How to Live Forever. And the tape exists. Cavett, still alive, must have it. Uh, but it's never shown. Obviously, it's a little bit of a grisly thing. Not Way short of snuff film, but uh, the guy died in the middle of the interview, literally pitching a book called How to Live Forever. Is that mind-bending? He goes down, uh, falls out of the chair, Cavett looks up and says, is there a doctor in the house? And the entire audience just cracks up. Bobby Teagarden and his orchestra play everybody off. And the guy's dead. And, and Cavett told me he has the tape. 
when I visited him at his beautiful um, Stanford White House out at the end of Montauk. God, he had the, the briar, uh, and I think the house might have burnt down. Is it possible? Oh, that would have been a heartbreak. Um, he had a briar path and a lay where the briar had grown over the path. It was just absolutely magical. And we sat on his porch and he regaled me with stories, told me my, my favorite story ever that day, the George S. Kaufman um, <laughs> planetarium story. Christian, have I related that on the news or on the, I, uh, the show? I don't know that it's been on this podcast, and I think it's been a while if it has. And by the way, just oh. uh, to interject, uh, Tick Hall, the uh, Montauk home, did burn down in 1997, but then he built a, an exact replica right in its place after that. God, Dick, just uh, you talk about uh, some people not wanting to wear masks because they, uh, they doubt the efficacy of the corona. Uh, being at the end of Long Island in the summer, uh, in the era of Lyme disease, and naming your home Tick Hall was really ballsy. Um, <laughs> Lyme disease is one that I'm completely uh, believe in. The, the Corona, I don't quite. I think it's become a catch-all for a lot of deaths. I know something exists. That was the purpose of the Kurt Schlichter article this morning, by the way, where he said, "Listen, yeah, there's a virus." And he said, and some people are susceptible. Older people are underlying conditions, and they should stay in and avoid everybody. All the rest of us should get on with our lives. And he said, I don't even think uh, he need, you know, we need masks. He's there, but you know, if I'm around people who want a mask, I'll do it because I'm not a ball buster. And if a uh, guy's business, he says he wants you in a mask, he's at your place, your rules, so I'll wear one. Uh, but. Uh, you know, it's just so pragmatic. And then at the end, he just absolutely dropped me. He's the last paragraph, Christian, he says, so I'm not going to walk around like I'm planning to rob a stagecoach. <laughs> <laughs> stagecoach. <laughs> absolutely dropped me, man. I had to send him a quick uh, email said, oh, my God, stagecoach killed me. Um so give that article a read while I tell the George S. Kaufman story. Uh, back in the uh, 50s, they didn't have videotape for a while, or a long time. You always hear stories about uh, they had, uh, I don't want to go back to Matthew Brady and say daguerreotypes, but they had uh, kinescopes, I believe they were called. And by the way, that's the hardest I've ever laughed in my life. One night at the uh, comedy store, Sam Kinescope was on stage and absolutely killing me as he tore into a tourist family from the Midwest. I know it's evil, but it was so funny. Anyway, um, they didn't have videotapes, so they did a lot of shows live, and game shows had a low overhead. So if they were doing a 16-hour broadcast day, they were rife with game shows that came and went. Um, I thought I knew the name of this, but as I researched that name, when I thought that I... I have that game show, right? I could not find the name of the show that I thought Cabot told me. But there was a show where the, and like I said, there were so many game shows that these premises got a little unwieldy, but a young star, this is sort of the Joe Franklin part of it, would come on and tell his problem to a panel of experts and then and go perform and then come back and the panel would help them solve their uh, problem. So Eddie Fisher's on. He's young. He's in New York. They probably put him on. He's probably 
selling out the Copa or something. And uh, he says, I am working at the Copa and uh, I, uh, I can't get a date with the showgirls because I'm too young and I'm too short. And uh, he goes over and uh, sings, come back. They open the, uh, like I said, the, bit, the hackneyed advice part of the show. Uh, but George S. Kaufman's on. Very funny. And evidently, as it turns out, according to um, the uh, actress, who was the actress in Dodsworth? Mary Astor. I guess there was a book out of the Astor Diaries about her. She, she kept copious notes on uh, the copiosity in bed. <laughs> and she, she said, George S. Coffin, it's so funny to think of him as the, the best lover ever, the indefatigable lover. And evidently, he... Uh, <laughs> He could in more staying power than he did up in the attic with Moss Hart penning the plays. So um, he says, you know, Mr. Fisher, um, in this is reacting to Eddie's problem about not getting dates. He says, uh, in California on uh, Mount Wilson, they have a reflecting telescope that'll take an object 10,000 miles away and make it appear as if it is four feet away. And under construction in California on Mount Palomar, they're building a reflecting telescope that will have twice the capability of the Mount Wilson telescope. You know, Mr. Fisher, if you took the Mount Wilson telescope and put it inside the Mount Palomar telescope, you still could not see my interest in your problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's the greatest <laughs> sneaky bludgeon ever oh my <laughs> god what are millions of americans and three former u.s presidents have in common judith exner no i kid the presidents they all agree that bowl and branch sheets are the softest and most comfortable pure organic cotton sheets on earth bowl and branch cotton rain-fed pesticide-free, carries the highest organic certification. That's why it's so soft. Because they work with family-owned mills all over the world to expertly weave every set of bull and branch sheets with the highest level of craftsmanship. It's quality you can feel the moment you open the box. Got a box of sheets the other day, opened them, spent a few minutes, as my wife looked over at me, literally touching the sheets getting to know them, on my bed now, enjoying them immensely, sleeping deep, deep REM, because I love my bowl and branch sheets, and you will too, since they sell direct to you, bowl and branch sheets start just $160. They're $1,000 quality for a fraction of the price. Plus, you can sleep on them for a month, risk-free. And right now, You'll get $50 off any sheet set at bowlandbranch.com with promo code Miller, spelled B-O-L-L and branch.com. Promo code Miller for $50 off. Bowlandbranch.com, promo code Miller. Restrictions may apply. See bowlandbranch.com for details. Our guest is here with us now, Mr. Joe Coy. Well, one of the nicest cats in the world, and I'm glad to see him back on Netflix. Uh, Joe, how are you, my friend? Hey, Dennis, how are you? Jesus, we have a crystal clear thing. Where Where are you at right now? I'm just at home. I think yeah. like the whole world, just at home. 
well, brother, I'm at home too, and I'm looking for good things to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and I went over and watched In His Elements. Oh. And uh, it was beautiful, man. Not not just strict stand-up, folks. This is very sweet. Well, tell the people you go back to the Philippines and uh, tell us about the new special, Joe. I, you know, they they asked me for a third special, and and I just came up with this idea where I was like, you know what, I'd love to go home, show where my 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 mom is from, where you know what my culture is all about show the people and and give an opportunity to other filipino acts you know it took me so you know my story how how hard it was mm -hmm. for me to get into netflix and and now that i had the door just slightly open i was like well i want to give some other guys a, a shot too so i wanted to share the stage in the philippines at the same time so that's what that was all about and they were they were 100 behind it so i was so happy that we were able to do it well, you are Mr. Pacific Rim, and I don't throw that term around, <laughs> quite frankly. <laughs> but I know you're you're a jovial enough bloke to roll with that. Uh. <laughs> That's so funny. But uh, nobody, nobody works the Pacific Rim <laughs> like oh, Joe Coy because you. he did the uh, the Hawaii special. Yes. Now he's moved it out to the uh, Philippines, and I'm telling you, Joe. The story about showing your mom your Michael Jackson absolutely Man. laid me out. But can you tell the people? Thank you. It's you know it's. I, I, I mean, I, when I did that joke, I never got so many DMs of the same story of how these moms. I don't know what it is about Filipino moms. They find one ounce of talent and they they exploit it until you're like <laughs> mid thirties. <laughs> They're just so proud, man. They're so proud. Yeah, they're so proud. I was like, I, I remember telling my mom, I'm like, Mom, I'm 33. Like, I, I stopped doing this impersonation when I was like 15, 16. She's like, but you do it so good, Joseph. Just do it one more time. It was always one more time, Dennis. Just one more time for me, Joseph. She brandished you at other people's yes. homes. Yes, yes, yes. You want to live at my house, Joseph? Do the Michael Jackson. <laughs> That's how you pay for your rent, Joseph. Unbelievable. It was like if she went to a party and everybody bought a casserole dish, she would bring her kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry I did not bring food, but I brought Joseph, and he's going to dance. Finish eating, everyone. Joseph's getting ready in the living room to, to dance for you. Oh, that Dude, made, that so made me laugh so hard. I, I love that when people co-mingle a hip, funny pre uh, reference with a sweet story. You know, I was so, <laughs> I, it was a dual-track dual thing for me. I was laughing at you thinking, oh, Christ, I got to do this again. I was also uh, smiling for your mom because it, it, it's – I remember once my mom said to me when it was on Saturday Night Live, and you have to remember, I'm not saying this. My, my mom was the least arrogant human who ever lived. She lived her entire life in uh, – you, you know, in the background and that, she was a, a cook in an old folks' home, and she never uh, was in the fast lane or anywhere within a million miles. But I remember one day she said, uh, after I'd been on SNL for around six months, she said, hey, let's go to a mall. I want to watch people look at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. It was so sweet, man. Because she never big timed, you know, and I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah let's go. Uh, oh, so. my mom, my mom's enjoying the limelight, Dennis. It's it's crazy. Uh, so when, when people, so like, say, just the Filipino organization wants to give me an award, Joe, can you please? And I'm like, you know, I'm busy. I'm on tour. I can't. All of a sudden, I'll get a, a like a a text from my mom, Joseph. 
I'm going to accept that award on your behalf. Just, <laughs> I just need two first-class tickets and some spending money, Joseph, and I'll gladly appreciate. I would love to accept that award for you, Joseph. Oh, that's beautiful. And and when she, you say how much she does the thing like Lorraine Bracco in Goodfellas, where she puts yeah. her finger and her thumb apart a little, just yeah. a little pocket money there. Just John. a little, yeah, just something to make your mother smile. I'll do that for you, Joseph. I'll, I'll make sure to say something nice, you know? Oh, my God. We're talking to the great Joe Coy, and uh -huh. uh, you can... Uh, Go to his website, Joe Coy. That's not his name. I want to talk about that. I, I love the name, and it's perfect for, well, this guy's uh, a branding wizard, but I want to get his uh, real name, JoeCoy.com. You can find at Joe Coy on at Joe Coy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're talking about his new special, In His Elements, now available on Netflix. Oh, I know what I want to tell you. What the hell was that vehicle you picked the, the at the airport? What, what, what? <laughs> Which one? The Jeep. Oh, the what? Jeep. You know what's crazy, uh, Dennis? Is like that. That was like you know. I I wish I had more than an hour to to spend on, on that special, uh, because I, I wanted to show the 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 country. I wanted to show all the beautiful cool right. things about the country. And you know, I only had an hour. I had to do everything. I had to get singers in there. I had to get some comedy in there, mm -hmm. and then just show, just enough time to show our food. If I could just say chicken adobo and get that word out there if i could just have the theme song in our in our native language you know they got to speak tagalog and and and, and then show the world that people speak english in the philippines like anyone can go there and perform they get it they understand it and and that was a win for me because a lot of people don't know that about the philippines and 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 i wanted to show that you know that that these people are hip they're cool they love american style comedy and you know it, I, I was talking to uh I was talking to, uh, oh my God, why am I losing my, uh, uh, my, my train of thought right I'm now? I'm playing but, charades uh, with you. Tell me, give me a hint. Who is it? A comedian uh, or a friend or who? Yeah. Yeah. Drummer for Motley Crue. Tom, Tommy, uh, Tommy, uh, Tommy, Tommy, Lee, Lee. Tommy Lee. God, I'm so stupid. He's going to hate me for saying this. Uh, but Tommy Lee, I'm talking to Tommy Lee and he's like complimenting me on the special and, and, and I go, have you, you know, did you, how many times you guys play the Philippines? And he was like, we never did. I'm like, what? Like why? Like they, your biggest fans are in the Philippines. They can, they can sing every song that you guys had, and I think they didn't know that they spoke English in the Philippines, or or you know, or how hip they were. So that's what this special is all about. Just to just let people see it that that weren't Filipino go. Hey, I want to visit that place. Yeah. Well, Tommy Lee's the reason they didn't go is Tommy Lee's dick refused to get a passport. <laughs> <laughs> And he, he couldn't, he, he could not clear That's customs. So funny. <laughs> you know what? Tommy Lee couldn't go because his dick was out of stamp space for the passport. <laughs> <laughs> it was done. Uh, we're talking to the great Joe Coy. And, uh, you know, uh, or I should say Joseph Glenn Herbert here. I looked it up. How, do you, how did you pick Joe Coy? So, okay. So that's the joke I did in his elements. And I just found out recently, uh, maybe two years ago, three years ago, after Life from Seattle came out, um, I was getting all these interviews, people asking the same question. We know it's a nickname. Where'd you get it? And I told him it was my aunt. My aunt gave me the nickname. And I used to go up as Joseph Glenn Herbert and people would laugh at my name. It, you know, I would never get to my jokes, Dennis. It would always be just five minutes of me riffing with the crowd because they're laughing at my name. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and literally, I was at my aunt's house, and uh, and she she just goes, Joe Coy, eat. And she always called me Joe Coy, but it wasn't until I started thinking about changing my name 
you know, when she said it, I, I just looked at her and go, that's my name. I'm going to go up as Joe Coy. For 30 years, Dennis, I go up as fucking Joe Coy. 30 years, okay? And then the special comes out, get these interviews. They ask me why, you know, my aunt gave me that nickname. I go see my aunt, take her out to eat. And I go, why do you call me Joe Coy? Give me a fun story. Why? Why that nickname? <laughs> and then she looks at me, Dennis, and goes, I don't call you Joe Coy. 30 fucking years. <laughs> And now she decides to tell me that that's not even my nickname, that I've been saying it wrong. <laughs> I'm like, you call me Joe Coy. No, it's not Joe Coy. So anyways, I go, what is it? And this is what she tells me. Dennis, she goes, your nickname is Joko. J-O-K-O. Joko. It means, because in our language, Ko means my. So her nickname for me is my Joe, Joko. And I'm like, you couldn't tell me this 30 fucking years ago. All my merch is wrong. Everything is misspelled. Oh, no. Everything's wrong. <laughs> is that funny, though? Like, for 30 years, she never corrected me. She she just let me say Joe Coy. And then finally one day she goes, you know your nickname's Joe Coy, right? And I don't know what the <laughs> fuck you're saying. I have no idea where the lie came from. We don't even pronounce a lie in... Philippines, I don't know what the fuck you're saying. It's absolutely hilarious. And you know what makes me laugh is when people have done like some of the most hilarious things ever and, and they look at you and they say, was that funny? And they, <laughs> you can see where comedians are always scrounging around looking for something that's funny. And civilians, it just sort of blows by. It's like Seinfeld said. He sits by the drain and he catches the drop before it goes down the uh, the drain. Yeah. And uh, I always loved that image of comedians. And it's so funny that she didn't even realize it or didn't even feel the need to tell you. We're talking to Joe Coy. Now, listen, I, we're, we're on the Dennis Miller option here. But uh, what, for in God's name, you're so busy. I guess. I can see it in the downtime here, but what made you want to do a, a podcast, the Koi Pond with Joe? Koi? Um, I just I love just you know I love Adam, you know, and mm. and he's he's the one that inspired me to do it. He came up to me, you know, every time I did a show, he he loved it, and then he just walked up to me, he was like, "You need to start your own pod, man. Yeah. Like this is good." So I, I never thought about it until he he offered it. So that's where that all came from, and I I've, I've since you know we went our separate ways, but I always thank Adam for that. And I just enjoy it. I, I love to, to riff. I don't like to go in with a, right. an idea or a premise or anything. So I, I, my whole, my whole thing is just to keep it conversational, like the green room and just see what we can do with it. If it sucks, we don't air it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Well, the best, honest to God, the only thing, and everybody out there, I know there's five people left on the planet who don't have a podcast, but if those five want to get involved, I would just tell you, you can either do it or not, but the key to it is to not regiment it. It's deadly. Adam Carolla yeah. is the state of the art right now because it's just an easy vernacular lope. Rogan's, I actually had not, was not familiar with Rogan. Uh, but I started uh, watching a few of those. You can watch them on the YouTube channel. I think, although I think he just sold them to somebody for a hundred mil. So um, <laughs> he's he's yeah, actually yeah. he's really good at it too. Yet you, you just can't make it a sweat act thing, right? It's no, gotta be easy. you can't. Yeah, I, I think that's what people appreciate it. That's why they appreciate it, when they can just hear like a normal conversation. I think the, once it gets overly produced, I think people just get away from it. I do. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Mm -hmm. Life is good. How's your kid? It's good, you know. We're, we're uh, you know, I'm, I'm loving this time. I, I, I hate to say it, you know. A lot of people are depressed during this time. I have been the most happiest ever in my life. Uh, I've never been with my son this long before. I've, I'm usually on the road, uh, you know, five days a week. So, this has been the best 
five months, six months, whatever. I don't even know how long it's been. I, I'm really enjoying this, Dennis. Well, listen, I, I Joe. Uh, Joe's so popular now that when he meets his kid in the rec room to play vid games, twenty three thousand fucking people show up in the room. <laughs> they're coming. That's so funny. They're coming to his house at this point. Man. Congratulations on all your success, brother. I love this special. Thank and you. it made me uh, laugh. It was very sweet, too, folks. You have to watch it. It's In His Elements, now available on Netflix. Stand up. You get some other Filipino comics, musicians, dancers, as he said, a glimpse at uh, his uh, beloved Philippines. We appreciate your time, brother. And uh, I, know you, I know you're smiling because you've knocked uh, life out of the park. Good for you, baby. I love you, Dennis. Thank you. Everything you do is the reason why I'm doing it, man. Thank you for this. You're the king, man. Look king. at that, Joe, all grown up and being wise. Thank you, brother. We'll talk at <laughs> you down the road. Take care, bro. Summer's here. Crazy hot outside. We all know that we should drink more water, but by the time you feel thirsty, it's too late. You're already dehydrated. You can't focus. You feel tired. Drinking enough water is critical for a healthy lifestyle. It increases your brain power, boosts your productivity. It prevents headaches, increases your focus. It improves your skin immensely. I can attest to that. And it improves your mood. It helps your digestion and gives you energy. It prevents bad breath. It can even help you lose weight. But how much water should you drink each day? Ten cups? gallon the good news is that it doesn't have to be so complicated that's why i start my day with hydrant hydrant helps you hydrate faster hydrant has created a refreshing electrolyte powder that you mix directly into water to more efficiently and effectively hydrate your body it hydrates you quickly and keeps you going longer each rapid hydration mix has four essential electrolytes your body needs they are sodium potassium magnesium and zinc and it packs a punch to help your body hydrate fast and stay hydrated if you're looking for that extra boost of energy there's also hydrant plus caffeine which contains 100 milligrams of caffeine from green tea and hydrant is backed by research boy is it the formula was developed by an oxford scientist it's also loved by pro athletes top performers celebrities and has thousands of five-star reviews it's made with real fruit juice powder it's delicious and refreshing and it comes in a variety of flavors including new summer friendly iced tea lemonade mm, and fruit punch i like the iced tea lemonade i've always liked a nice arnold palmer so to be able to convert my favorite lunch drink over into the hydrant product it just dovetails perfectly for my lifestyle plus all backed by a 100 percent satisfaction guarantee if you don't love it send it back for a full refund you really need to try it for yourself to see what i'm talking about it tastes incredible and boy does it work hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply save even more with a monthly subscription we've got a special deal right now for listeners to save 25 percent off your first order go to drinkhydrant.com dennis or enter our promo code Dennis, that's with two N's, at checkout. That's drinkhydrant, D-R-I-N-K-H-Y-D-R-A-N-T dot com slash Dennis, and enter promo code Dennis for 25% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com slash Dennis, and enter promo code Dennis to save 25%. And we thank Hydrant for sponsoring the podcast. You know, I had the bail right there, Christian. 
Because I What's just that? said it's all it's all about being easy and don't be a sweat act. And I was getting yeah. nervous because I couldn't think of my next question. <laughs> <laughs> is it bad when when you've asked somebody said the whole key to the podcast is to be really it's just an easy lope, right? You just yeah. can't turn into a sweat act. And as he's answering, I can't even tell you what he said because I'm thinking, what am I going to ask him? Next? <laughs> what am I going to ask him next? What am I going to ask him next? And then I thought, hang on to that thought. Tell people that you were thinking, what am I going to ask him next? When the interview is over with Joe Coy, you come in with that story. And then after that story, hey, remember I told you to uh, pick a word. And uh, I know you haven't sat down and picked a word. Just say the first thing that comes in your head. And we'll, you know, I want to do that once, Christian, just to see if we can fill a 44, mm-hmm. uh, 44 minute, 25 second podcast. Um, so next week, let's try that. Can you, you remind me? Because I always act like these ideas yes. are uh, big light bulb things, and then I don't even remember them until <laughs> right now. Uh, how much time sure. do we have left here? We can do a little warm up one. Uh, let's see. We probably have five We've got minutes. About eight yeah? minutes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, anybody, anybody, Stemper, you, Lindsay, just say a word, and we'll riff with it for the next uh, eight minutes. Iceberg. Hmm. <laughs> um, iceberg lettuce the well you threw me a curve there because uh, 80% of my iceberg jokes are below the surf um, <laughs> I'm convinced the kid in the crow's nest that night was taking a selfie you know and over his shoulder you see the big looming shadow of the iceberg but the, the goofy kids up there uh, you know doing that uh, you know where kids take selfie did you fall out or have you just gotten so quiet? No, there's uh, children crying oh, food in the background, camp. so I turned my mic off. <laughs> oh, leave that on, Christian. People love the ambient sound. I I'll don't. leave the kids on and I'll bail out. Um, <laughs> do you know I have a letter that I bought, at an, or my wife bought at an auction for me that was on the Titanic? It, it did not go down with the Titanic. It wasn't in that satchel with uh, Kate Winslet's rack. But um, it was, uh, Christian, are you canning this season? Can me like one of your French girls. But anyway, um, <laughs> the, uh, the letter uh, was from a, uh, a maid, uh, a lady's maid. Uh, I think that was the official title then, uh, her upstairs maid, you know, the dresser maid. And it was a rich lady, and the rich lady survived with her child. I don't think the husband was on the boat with them, or he went down, obviously. You know, there's that great John Jacob Astor story of him and his man dressed in their finest, sitting there having a martini in the salon. Uh, and, you know, um, we'll go down with the ship. I always love that. I think he did the Astors proud, and then uh, Mary Astor comes out and says that uh, George S. Kaufman's hung like a playwright, kind of somewhere in the middle they meet. But, um, the letter was sent by the uh, maid when they made their last mail stop in France before they pulled out to sea. It's dated two days before it hit the iceberg. And on top it says, uh, you know, it has the red, white star, red flag from on board the RMS uh, Titanic. What does that mean again? Her Majesty's uh, Royal Majesty. Listen, I, I got a letter in an auction, so I sit there and, uh, you know, obsess about it. But the, the key to the letter is, and I got a transcription of it, because 
it, it has the front page and then the inside of the front page and then the inside of the second page and then it ends on the uh, back of the second page and uh it's put into one of those hermetically sealed frames so it'll never you know the light can't hit it and wash it out but the uh the woman is writing about how when they pulled out of harbor in let's say southampton um that the boat was so big she said uh th this is so eerie that this is in this letter and i do look at this part of it periodically just to say do it do I imagine that, or is that literally there? She says, uh, they pulled out, and the boat was so big that it sucked another vessel. I believe the uh, SS New York, which I don't, I think was an American ship, obviously, the, uh, the Titanic's uh, made over there. It pulled the, this boat out of its slip uh, in its wake, and she says, we almost collided. And... Then it says, can you imagine the headlines with an exclamation point? Is that eerie? Wow. I mean, That's... it is unbelievable that the two days later, indeed, the biggest headlines you've ever seen up to that point, you know, an amazing confluence of uh, modern or the, the embryonic days of what would be modern journalism, but there's that amazing picture of that little boy who looks like Jackie Coogan in The Champ hawking the, the rag in Lower Manhattan, and uh, a lot, great loss of life or something. I can't remember exactly what it says. But, uh, yeah, I'm very, uh, I'm going to go look at that letter as soon as I get off today because it's absolutely amazing. Now, here's the great thing. Um, I go to see Titanic at its world premiere, and I think it actually was its world premiere. And I remember afterwards, they uh, I, I left the theater, and um, no, I went up into the lobby, and I went into the bathroom, and it was one of those huge trough and brew bathrooms. You remember the great Saturday Night Live sketch where people didn't have much time for lunch, so they'd go to a place in Manhattan called Trough and Brew, where they'd all <laughs> right. put a bib on and then put their face down in a big trough of chili, and then they'd hose them down with a... A fire extinguisher, a beer, yes. and then they pay their bill. <laughs> so it's one of those trough bathrooms where you're standing with like 8 million guys. The Titanic's just let out. So not only do you have a long movie, a great movie, you know, I love the movie, but uh, also heavy water stuff. So, you know, guys are just pouring out and going right into the uh, bathroom where we're all joined like some pre-diabetic what are they called? Siamese, <laughs> Siamese twins. Everybody's joined at the shoulder as we wedge in. There aren't even those barriers between the, the toilet. <laughs> and we're all, there's like 80 of us, like some, um, you know, bad bladder rockets pissing into this trough. And next to me is Victor Garber, who plays Ensign Lightoller, I believe, in the movie. No, no, he plays the architect in the movie. Um you know, that sympathetic face where he says you should get to the boats and then he goes and dies in the big room uh, where he's leaning there in front of the clock. And he had such a, a sympathetic, and it was just so funny to me that I was so lost in the, re in, in the reality, the, the faux reality of the film. And here I was, within five minutes you're back on the earth, I'm standing next to the actor from the movie. And I don't say anything at that point, but I, you know, because we're at this big. But I eventually meet Victor through Marty Short, who's dear friends with him. They did Godspell way back when. And he is the, the loveliest cat in the world. 
I mean, really, just the nicest man, the most beautiful voice. And his husband is an artist, and I'm telling you, his art is just great. Can't remember his name. They're such a handsome couple together. And uh, his uh, his husband does photos, huge blown-up photos. or, But I don't think they're photos, but they look something. Uh, Rainer Andreessen is his yeah. name. Yeah, Rainer. Nicest guys in the world. And, uh, and I'm so glad I've gotten to know Victor over the years because he truly is the loveliest cat. Last time I saw him was up at the lake. Uh, Marty's kid got married and we were seated together. We got a little blast of Christ. We laughed out loud. It was so fun. And um, so there, I think we riff for eight minutes. Only got to start on Iceberg. I got other Iceberg stuff, yeah. Chris, I could tell you. About oh, about sure. That. Do you remember? Um, Let me just interject know, that RMS stands for Royal Mail Ship. And that's what that stood for, for RMS Titanic. From on board. Can you imagine I have that? I can't wait to go look at it now because I, you know how you have things that are precious to you and then they sort of, can you believe how we can fall into a metronomic thing where <laughs> I've got a letter from the Titanic up in my bathroom and I don't look at it. If, uh, if, would you like to post that on your Instagram? I can uh, have people take a look at it there. Oh yeah, I'll tell I'll tell Carolyn yeah. to uh, help me. He's at Dennis up. Miller on Instagram. Easily found. Dennis Miller. No, on Instagram. that's the first time we've ever pitched a cross platform thing here, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm not big on that. I, I'm not big on not doing it. I just once again, uh, if I can forget um, a Titanic letter in my bathroom, I can forget cross pollinating my my <laughs> platforms. <laughs> Um, but anyway, good show today, Christian. Nice to talk to Joe. We got Kurt Schlichter coming up. Go read that article about mass today. Brilliant article. Just ultimate pragmatism, folks. Um, I, oh, and by the way, did I see a pulse from Jake Tapper? You know, I always thought, well, I guess Tap Tap's yeah. getting paid. You know, you, sure. got a, you got a gig. I bet you Tap went from, I'll bet you when Jake was, uh, when we used to interview him, probably a hundred grand a year, right? Uh, yeah, he was the he was the White again. House he was the White House correspondent, so he was in that room, and you know that's that's like a kind of no, like a, a little more than gig, that. But, then. Yeah, but uh, but I don't think he made a ton, is what I'm saying. No, I think shy you're not of too two, far off. Shy yeah, of two hundred, right. agreed. Um, so let's say a hundred and a quarter, and I think Jake's uh, he's probably in for five to six million now, right? So at some point, when you're going to work and you have your gig, it's like that line in uh, New York, New York, the Martin Scorsese film where. Uh, uh, De Niro's character Jimmy or something says, "When you got the uh, the job you want and the woman you want and enough money that you don't need either of them, you have a major chord." <laughs> it's such a such a nihilistic sentiment, but I think Jake's got the job he wants. That's for sure. And uh, so he has to go in and hedge things a little. I'm sure. You know, don't don't we all? Everybody uh, everybody has a boss. But I think he showed somewhat of uh, Pulse today. And uh, uh, give it a read, Christian. Something about the, I think, a girl named Barry Weiss, who I think is Kate McKinnon's ex, split the New York Times. Correct, And yes. left something on the way out. Oh, I know what he bridled at. He bridled at the fact that uh, they're, they're now positing Andrew Cuomo as the man who's done the best job on the corona. And, you know, if we have 132,000 deaths in this country, I, I guarantee you 32 of them are from uh, New York. 
Uh, so I, I, I'm not saying anybody shines here, but then again, I don't think anybody shines in the world except Germany. I can't quite figure Germany out, but I will say this, the Han is perpetually in shape because you never know when you have to take over the world again. So I, I think that the, uh, the Hun is not, uh, on his fifth, uh, uh, yeah. Sprite at Disneyland, you know, and you're not far way, off by the way that. The New York State deaths are thirty-two thousand, so you're you're not no. far off. Well, I was just taking the hundred and thirty-two I read about and saying thirty-two, and I think Tap Tap said something about. Well, I don't know if you want to pound your chest about this uh, when so many people <laughs> have their chest pounded and they appear to have a a, new, a pneumoniatic cough. So uh, Tap raises, you know, but what are you going to do? You, you see, some of these people work at turner or what i forget what it's called on cnn and um you got to make a living so on some of the things you fudge it a little i don't think i fudge it. there are times well listen you know i don't beat you over the head with the fact that i'm the biggest climate change fanatic in the world do i no 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 you know it's uh, <laughs> systemic is the new existential i remember i said to al i told you that yeah. story ad nauseum and i probably told it on the last one where i said now when did when did existential threat of climate change become the, the cliff note and you can see that uh racism wasn't enough because yeah. it went it comes and goes too quickly the word and it's it's you know just from a comedic point of view while it is a, a harsh reality it is not a it is a soft word and uh it, it needed something so you could linger on it for a second and you know uh, that's what systemic. came up on the the show on tuesday was that you talked about the systemic global warming and that conversation with uh with al franken so that must be what people were commenting on they probably took one thing you said out of context where it made it seem like you know maybe yeah, you jokingly we said it's the most, a little bit yeah about. so that that's what they were commenting on i, I, folks, I, I, I believe yeah. in it but i don't believe we play any part in it so i'm, I'm sorry don't get mad at it. call me if you want to threaten me about it or just send <laughs> me a direct thing and i'll send yeah. the words you want like i always say and I will take it to a notary and sign it if you include the money. You know, people used to include stamps. I think the notary, what, what do you have to pay, Christian, for a notarized thing? Is it 20? Something yeah, I think it's like give, 20 bucks, yeah. Yeah, you give the notary a little taste. If anybody wants me to parrot their deepest, innermost core beliefs, I'll do it in a shot. Send me 20 bucks and a printed copy, and uh, I will take it down and uh, sign it get it notarized and send it back to you and uh i do that in lieu of us actually having to meet and talk about this and having you be disappointed in me. that's all i ask i'll say whatever you want all right so i don't believe in man-made global warming you know why because the human race appears to be uh entirely like a group of fuck-ups i i don't think we could create climate change if our assignment was to create climate change <laughs> You know, if that was our raison d'etre, if they told you, listen, all of you, all seven bill, get up every day and try to change the climate, I don't think we could pull it off. So I certainly don't think we could pull off not doing it. And like I said, my, my intellectual guru, the smartest guy I ever met, and you should read uh, State of Fear or whatever, the Crichton book or the amazing speeches he gave on it. Uh, my thoughts on it are completely akin to his. And an enjoyable book, by the way, as all Crichton's books. Uh, 
You know, that thing's done ad nauseum now about finding the mosquito in the amber, amber, but you remember how clever that was when you first read it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they do that if they want to go back to earlier in the day now. You know, they have to find a skeeter and some smoker's wow. jam and suck a little of its blood out and walk back four feet. But um, I remember the first time I read that thing, how, how do they get dinosaurs? Thinking, wow, that is so clever. Gave me good stuff. And once again, his book, his autobiographical essays called Travels. Uh, you should get it right now and read it in the next day because you won't be able to put it down. It is a fascinating glimpse into my favorite mind that I've ever encountered in my life, the great Michael Crane. All right. Um, let's rock, Christian. Good to, uh, good to talk to you guys, and we'll talk yeah. down the road. Have a good weekend. Thanks for listening to The Dennis Miller Option, exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. 